Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's the biggest week of the sports calendar. We got college football in full swing, pro football in full swing, the start of basketball season, start of hockey season, baseball playoffs, and the WNBA Finals between the Liberty and the Aces. BetOnline Sportsbook has you covered, and if you use our promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description of this episode, no matter the sport. BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's welcome back our friend, Razor Rosenthal, here to the program. Best place you can find Razor's incredible college football, NFL, baseball, tennis, soon-to-be college basketball. Gambling advice is Razor's Twitter. He does a little bit of everything, and we appreciate that he gives us his time pretty regularly here on the Take It Easy podcast. Razor, how are you doing? What's been on your mind? What is uh, going on with you? lot on my mind i mean we could start with thursday night football if you desire kyle this is a bad outfit right now in orchard park i mean they uh i have no explanation i have no words you know i i went in live on buffalo in that game when they were down five with maybe three to four minutes left in the game and you know kendrick born to be alive turned the ball over and the buffalo bills got it we score and sure enough the elusive Mac Jones goes right down the field like he's been doing it for the last seven weeks, it appeared. And, you know, Buffalo's really banged up on the defense. I get that. I respect that. But Josh Allen's first quarter starting, second quarter, second quarter, it's been a disaster. This line creeping up now, I think to nine and a half in some books, Kyle. Tampa doesn't give up many points. This is going to be an interesting game. I, I don't know if you can even use Buffalo and Survivor um, and feel really good about it. So, curious to see what happens here. Kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight, plus the points. The thing I've been saying about Buffalo at this point is, at what point do we start getting worried about it? Because Buffalo is in that group of like two to five in the in the AFC right now, which is basically... If they play Baltimore, if they play Miami, if they play Jacksonville at some point in the playoff, any team could win any of those games. And I have no idea what would happen in those games. But the most important thing is kind of what punch they end up giving Kansas City, because Kansas City is once again cream of the crop in all of football right now. And, you know, all the all the advanced metrics say that Buffalo is one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, DVOA rankings, they're number three in offense still. They're number 10 in defense. Actually, they're 13 at the end of last week. But, you know, they're still an above average defense. Obviously, a bunch of injuries and stuff. But it's just they're one of the better four and three teams I think I've ever seen. And that's not good because they've like thrown away games that they probably should have won. Yeah, silly mistakes on offense. You know, Josh Allen has thrown a lot of egregious interceptions, silly flags on defense. So it's really unforced errors that have created this four and three record for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, horrible ending to the Jets game on Monday Night Football, week number one, giving up the punt return to the house. So these are just unforced errors. I think the Bills will be 
be okay. I think they'll be just fine in that, you know, five to seven hole in the playoffs. I do believe that Miami should emerge as the AFC East champions, putting Buffalo in that five to seven seeding range. So it's going to be tough. This is this is not a good Tampa offense. They do have weapons with uh, God Chriswin and Michael Bob Evans, but I just they're they're not flowing either. So. You would think Buffalo wins this game outright, but at the same time, I just, man, Buffalo has not covered the, a big number like this except except against Washington. So I really struggle to to feel good about the Bills here tonight. But I do agree, the talent's there. Obviously, the numbers don't lie. You've mentioned some interesting numbers that 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 you're producing, but I can't feel good about this team until I see at least back-to-back weeks of covering the number, and we have not had it yet this season. Yeah, and like blowing out the Raiders and blowing out Washington is not necessarily going to give you all the brownie points in the world, but I, I'm i not worried about them. I know what they're capable of, but also what they're capable of is being the third-best team in the AFC because last year was their best chance to win a Super Bowl. That was the most talented team they had by far of any of the seasons and once again it ended with a loss in the divisional round at home and it's starting to look like this year might be a loss in the divisional round again for buffalo um let's go to the world series huh how about that it's texas and arizona they've both series went to seven games adolis garcia became a hero among heroes when he Basically had four home runs in six at bats after getting hit in the fifth inning of the of what was probably the best baseball game that's been played maybe since the 2017 World Series. Uh, what what have you made of everything that happened over the last week or so in the league championship series? You know, it's uh, the Arizona and Texas, certainly not the sexy series that I think the general population wanted. I think that. What I've learned is that from a betting market standpoint, you look at the money that came in on Philadelphia game six and seven, Kyle, the lopsided percentage of bets, uh, uh, bet tickets and percentage of money tickets that came in were the highest, I think, in league championship series history. So I, I went Arizona big game six and seven plus one and a half. And I think you have to take this situation and learn from it because this team is capable of beating Texas. And if you look at the ticket counts, game one or game two, when that's played in Arlington, and I haven't looked at it yet, consider it again because the books know something. This, this, this Arizona team who really struggled at the end of the season, they have a pretty good staff. And it's funny because their best two pitchers, I think, went combined, what, one and three against the Phillies? But yet their bullpen came up huge game six and seven, more mainly game seven. They have the rookie of the year, may have a Cy Young award winner in the NL, maybe, who knows. I, I, I tell you, man, you know, I was wrong. Houston, uh, Texas, I played Houston on the series. The nice thing about when you play a team series you can hedge when it gets to game seven. You have nothing to lose. You take Texas, right? Um, so that was good. I'm going to go against Arizona here, though. And as much as I really like this outfit, I just think the hitting one to nine from Texas is just too good. They had the huge advantage against Houston six through nine. I think they have even a, almost a bigger advantage here. A dollar sixty is to me affordable. 
Texas wins, but I'm gonna look at these. I'm gonna look at these these run line spreads and take a sprinkle on Zona when it's completely lopsided. I would have rather seen Philly, Kyle. I think everybody would have rather seen Philly, Texas, Philly, Houston. But this is what we have, and it's still going to be, I think, a pretty good series. Texas in maybe six is my prediction. You know, I laugh every year at how random baseball can be and how, you know, when the Braves won the World Series, I said they'd lose in the the division series. I thought the Phillies would lose in the wild card last year. I said whoever wins between Diamondbacks and Brewers is just playing for the right to get blown out by the Dodgers. Like, yeah, I don't playoff baseball is super random and super chaotic, and I should have learned by now to stop making predictions. But the the truest sign of what team is going to succeed is often bullpen. And people kind of overlook that a lot is like whoever gets the hottest bullpen is usually that team that goes on that deep playoff run think even the nationals in 2019 they trimmed their bullpen down to essentially three guys and those three guys had a combined like 1.5 era during that world series run Uh, i think most people are just surprised that it was the diamondbacks bullpen because it's what saul frank who's making his 15th career appearance in game seven of the playoffs he was called up for september call-ups you have ginkle who went five outs through the heart of the Phillies order and had like, I think they said seven swings and misses in just that last inning alone. And he only threw nine pitches. Uh, Seawald was traded for at the deadline. Like this isn't a, a bullpen that you thought would be someone who is coming through in that moment. And Philly, uh, the Arizona bullpen from the, from game four onward when they were down, I think, or I guess game three, game three, they hit the walk off. So I guess you could say game three to game seven, Arizona's bullpen was basically the MVP of the series. I know Corbin Carroll came through in game seven and all that, but like bullpen allowing three earned runs across five games was basically the reason that Arizona won for the last five games. Remarkable. It really is. And this is probably a bullpen that, you went into the playoffs thinking, okay, well, can they hold a one-run lead in the seventh? And you probably would say, not against Atlanta, not against Philly, not against the Dodgers. And they held, they held serve. They, they, uh, Seawald has been a really nice addition to this, to this team. And let me give you an interesting stat, not not to go, you know, in a different direction here, Kyle. But um, if you defeat the Milwaukee Brewers in either the wild card game or the division series, this is a stat going back to the early 80s, I think 1982, you are guaranteed to win the pennant. For some reason, if you, I, I, it's a fascinating stat. So you get through the Brewers either in the wild card, which obviously is later on in, in, in the decades here, but in the divisional series, everyone who has been Milwaukee since 81 has advanced to the World Series. So Arizona, yet another team to do so. That is a very fun and strange stat because I don't yep. think of Milwaukee as being that team that you have to get through in order to make it to the World Series. Like I know during this entire, you know, dynastic run of the Dodgers, it's you can usually point to the team that beats the Dodgers as either winning the World Series or going to the World Series in the National League, but I hadn't considered that the Brewers are that team. <laughs> when the Brewers make the playoffs, if you beat the Brewers, you end up going on a playoff run. That's a really fun stat. Yeah, it's a great stat. I, I heard it on MLB Network, I think, three day, or two days ago when, you know, after the next day after the, the Diamondbacks won. And I, and I remember hearing something like this on uh, the Visa Network. You, you know, obviously they're, they're showcasing the betting market. And they said, by the way, the, but this is before the Phillies 
uh, you know, Philly series started, they said, you may want to take a flyer on the D backs because they're the ones who beat the Brewers, you know, in the wild card round. So, uh, you know, Hey, you know, why not? Right. So there you go. The, uh, the diamondbacks, uh, prove yet again, if you can get through the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, you will eventually, uh, land in the world series. So that's a pretty cool stat. And how interesting that they did it with like stealing bases and sacrifice flies, like singles, stealing bases and sacrifice flies was how they beat the Philly team that, what was it between the, the Braves series and the start of the Diamondbacks series, they hit like 15 home runs in a five game span or something like that. Uh, Just how interesting is that, that like they literally, the Diamondbacks stole more bases than any team throughout the season. They have a catcher who can steal bases, which how often do you see a catcher that's out there stealing bases in the middle of games? It was really interesting to see them win with the bullpen, with singles, stolen bases, sack flies. They had a couple timely home runs in game four and uh, game uh, game six was the one that they won in Philly, but... Game three, they won two to one with a walk off single. Uh, they won the last game with three singles from Corbin Carroll and sacrifice fly. Arizona kind of counterpunched in a way that wasn't that impressive on offense. And yet at the end of it, because their bullpen was so great, they ended up winning the series anyways. And I think Arizona uh, needs to send the Chicago Cubs organization a holiday card. I believe Chicago had to lose, I think, what, like, eight out of the last 12 games for Arizona to solidify the six seed. You have to look that up. I think the Cubs were in a great spot, you know, 12 or 13 games before the end of the season. And they just crapped the bed and Arizona somehow slipped in. And, you know, I, I think Chicago was the, the, was more, obviously the market wanted Chicago, right? We, I think, I think it would have been a really fun, exciting series for the two Midwest teams to square off Milwaukee and Chicago, but it didn't happen, and we got the baby rattlesnakes uh, in a Southwest battle. I mean, the Southwest part of the United States, uh, you know, that's not this is not baseball territory. This is typically high school football land in both Texas and Arizona. So uh, I think the fans will still be excited. I think the Rangers um, bullpen is scary, right? You know, I mean, can they can you saw what happened when Jose Altuve came up to bat game five? I mean, when, when the lead is when it's a slim margin of a one or two run lead. I think at this juncture, I trust Arizona more than Texas. But if Texas can somehow get some runs first five, six innings, I think they'll they'll find a way to win this series. But I was wrong. I, I had uh, I, I just you know I, I haven't been right on many series bets so far. I've had better luck betting the game straight up. Back in August, the Diamondbacks lost nine consecutive games. Back in August, the Diamondbacks, I think, won 10 total games in the entire month, which I think is the same number of wins the Oakland A's had in the entire month of August. Like, this was not a playoff team. This is a team that was winning the division in June ahead of the Dodgers, and then they came back down to earth. Then they really fell off a cliff by losing nine in a row. And at the end of it, it doesn't matter because you just got to get into the playoffs to have a shot because baseball's random and wacky and you just want, you just need a puncher's chance. Hell, the Padres, my hometown team, they were two games worse than the Diamondbacks at the end of the season. That totally could have been San Diego after all of the chaos, after all of the failure. If they just don't go one in 13 in extra inning games. That's yes. San Diego in the World Series right now. It's so crazy that Arizona pulled this off with a team that has a lot of names, but 
nothing like what we thought. We we didn't think they'd go into Philadelphia, win game six, win game seven with their bullpen basically shutting out the Phillies for 14 innings. Yeah, I'd love to see what the betting market was on uh, back in the early spring to see if, what the odds were for Arizona to win the division. I know obviously they did not, but um, they probably were on the uh, definitely number four. Were they five behind Colorado in the plus money market? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Arizona definitely, obviously, behind the Giants, the Padres, the Dodgers. Uh, the, the, the money that, that could have been made preseason for Arizona to get to the playoffs, Arizona to win the pennant is astronomical. And as you may know, I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter or the VEASAN Network, uh, there has been one guy that has cashed in his ticket, uh, 350 to 1 for an exacta Arizona versus Texas in the World Series. So 350 to 1 is Big money, especially if he had the uh, the cojones to bet more than just $100. Maybe he bet less than $100. Still a good payout, but man, can you imagine someone that had the budget to lay 500 or 1000 on 350 to 1? I don't remember what his payout was, but I think it was it was pretty remarkable. So this is according to BetMGM. It's not Bet Online Sportsbook, but it is BetMGM. They're the ones who have the preseason world series odds still available here um the diamondbacks if i'm counting correctly were 25th out of 30 teams in preseason odds uh to win the world series at plus 6600 uh the oh wait no they were sixth 24th because the cubs were also plus 8000 so they were the sixth lowest at 20 the 24th best odds to win the World Series behind. Uh, they were better than the Rockies, though. The Rockies were plus 8,000. So okay. they were fourth in their division, but 24th out of 30 teams in terms of preseason odds to make it to the World Series. By the way, the Texas Rangers were 20th at plus 5,000, too. So Texas was a long shot. Diamondbacks were an even bigger long shot to make it to the World Series back in March. Yeah, how would you like to be holding a $1,000 ticket on either one of those prices? And then you have the opportunity to hedge. I would feel really good about ho- holding an Arizona ticket at plus $6,600. And then you just go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to take the the Rangers here on a series bet at minus 160 for probably 35% of my my worth ticket. That's still a really nice payout. Even at $1.65, you can lay $3,000 and you can come home with maybe seven, you know, $1,400. But, you know, listen, it's it's just it's one of those things where you're throwing darts, taking Arizona back in February, March to get to the World Series, win the World Series. Credit to those people who started. It would not have been me. And if you mentioned minus 160 at this point, there are places where you can get minus 135 or wow. even minus 130 on Texas right now. So then the number has dropped. So the initial number that I saw was was $1.60. And I didn't play it yet. So that's good for me because I'm at the point here where anything above $1.60, I thought was a little bit too rich for Texas. Now at $1.30, maybe it's becoming a sucker's play. I mean, money is just pouring in i would i would assume on texas not necessarily the case then maybe man, i don't know this is a tough one kyle maybe at this point i probably should be just playing these games a la carte because the series prices i'm telling you i think i'm one in three i've only played four series I'm one in three so i'm down some units there but i think the overall units for me in these a la carte games have been really good um i'm, I'm doing much better a la carte i'm gonna stay away from the series you just scared me with that dollar 30 because i really thought i would have paid more something's fishy here i'm staying out of the market 
You're not trying to predict a World Series that seems to be incredibly unpredictable because you have a team that won 90 games and a team that won 84 games playing in the World Series. I think I'm out. I'm going to go ahead and let's play this Friday game. You know, shame on me for not knowing this, but is it Montgomery or Rivaldi on the mound in game one? Uh, let me double check. I know it's Gallon because they announced. Yeah, Gallen I know it's Gallon. Yep. there it is. Evaldi. They may have not evolved. Yeah, I mean, and, and w- w- what's the price tag on Texas Game One? My guess. Let me guess this because I have not looked at any World Series uh, pricing on Game One run line or money line. My guess is that Texas has to be with Evaldi at home, a dollar fifty-five. I mean, that's. I mean, he's pitching incredible. As of right now, I'm going to see if I can find another one just to confirm it. Uh, Texas is sitting at minus 160 right now. All right. So I'm, I'm five cents off. Not bad. Um, yeah. I mean, I think tough to bet against Texas here, right? I mean, so if you think that price is too rich at $1.60, play Texas $1.60 for, let's say, two units, two and a half units, and then sprinkle in the Diamondbacks plus one and a half at a unit. Can't lose all your units in that case. That's something that I would consider doing. The Diamondbacks are sitting somewhere between plus 135 and plus 140. And like you said, one and a half is the run line. Yeah, I mean, so you're going to pay probably minus 150 for Arizona plus one and a half. Is that fair to say? Yes, probably. Yeah, so that would be. Yeah, that's that'll be the buyback on Arizona plus one and a half. So I kind of like that minus one fifty to min- minus one sixty range for both teams. I mean, I- I'll play Texas money line likely, and we'll sprinkle in some action on the zone of D backs plus one and a half. And honestly, if you're more confident in Arizona in this case, then play the D backs at plus one and a half for a, a larger scale unit play, and then you sprinkle in the Rangers money line to secure your bet just in case uh, Texas wins this by two or three. Okay, well, I lost that run line bet. Pay the dollar fifty juice while I'll get it back with the Rangers money line. I think going both ways, game one is is the way to go, in my opinion. And then on Saturday, I believe it's going to be... Oh, they haven't announced the starters yet. I'd assume it's going to be Montgomery and someone for the Diamondbacks. I'm not sure. A hundred percent Montgomery has to be because you can you are you putting Scherzer out there for for potentially game two and game five and six? There's just no way. I mean, I'm not putting out Scherzer right now. I'll put him out for game three or four. And hopefully that's about it. I mean, this guy, I mean, this yeah. guy's put, he's struggling. He's putting, he's putting up balls on the tee and I'll give him credit. He's been out for what, how many months, but I trust my other guys more so than, than, uh, than Max Scherzer right now. That's just the tough game. Cause think about what happened in last series where they looked up and yeah, they had Montgomery available, but they pitched Scherzer to start game seven against the Houston Astros, which is not an ideal scenario, but also Andrew Heaney got beat up like a beach ball. Or what is it? Blown up like a beach ball. In, blown up uh, like a beach ball. Yeah. Blown up like a beach ball in what was that? I think game four was when he was pitching last. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Texas trying to figure out the rest of that staff. Because you're right, outside of Evaldi and Montgomery, it's a it's an iffy iffy pitching situation for Texas. Yeah, but it's exciting. You know, again, I know it's not the sexy matchup, but I'm excited. I mean, this is still, listen, if you're gambling, it's still it's still fun. It's still going to be two teams that are uh, remarkably hot, two teams that for the first time in Major League Baseball history, two road teams went on the road in the championship series and won both games six and seven. It's really unique to me. 
All right, let's swing on over to college football right now. Uh, Last week was a bit interesting. We found out once and for all that USC is not a championship contender, even though uh, I was right from the very beginning that this year's USC team was not as good as last year's USC team. So we've gotten that validation. Uh, Penn State, I will probably not watch another Penn State football game for like a year because I'm so mad at myself for giving that game three hours. It was so bad (laughs) between Penn State and Ohio State last week. How'd you do on the gambling side or just watching as a college football fan? Yeah, Saturday treated me really well, um, which is rare that I did vastly better in the NFL, excuse me, in college football than the NFL. Um, I, I went on more money line parlays that worked out very well last week uh, than they have in the past. I didn't, you know, I didn't take any unders and take any overs, just stuck with my gut on teams that I felt like had to win last week on the money line. And, and they did come home. Now you're going to ask me which teams were those. Well, I don't remember. I have, to remember. I, have to, I have to look that up because I just remember having a good week. One of them was Bowling Green. I remember taking Bowling Green against a horrible Akron outfit. Ohio State obviously was one of them. That that money line just kept dropping, Kyle. I mean, you you were at the point where you were paying a dollar eighty versus like two twenty five five days before on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So yeah, Ohio State money line big for me. I didn't watch the game. I was busy. And I knew it was going to be a slugfest. And you mentioned you won't watch Penn State for another year. I would recommend taking off two years. This is a bad team, a bad offense to watch. Very good defense. They have some really, uh, really elusive guys on their defensive front. I think they really caused a lot of havoc watching the highlights against the Buckeyes. But you're not going to beat Ohio State or Michigan when you can't score. I mean, this team cannot score. And I really like the Buckeyes there. Uh, other teams that I played that were on the money line, the Air Force, uh, UNC, the biggest disappointment of Saturday last week. This town where I reside in here in Chapel Hill, uh, I have not seen energy for this football team since living in Raleigh-Durham for so many years. Um, you just cannot lose to UVA at home. You cannot give up that many points to a horrific offense. So UNC is the biggest storyline, I think, of last Saturday that's not getting national news. Last Saturday, the big national news was obviously the – the Ohio State Penn State game at noon, USC, Utah got some really good attention west of the Mississippi. But I think the biggest storyline is yet again UNC, who had a, I think, a clear path to Charlotte, um, undefeated against FSU. Just a horrific, egregious loss to UBA, who's a terrible outfit. So, yeah, that's the storyline for me. UNC defense, who has been very good all season compared to years past. Uh, really, really blew it for this uh, for their fan base. And that one was really shocking, not just because they were 23 and a half point underdogs, but because this is like the exact point every year that if North Carolina gets to like 10, 12, 13, that they have an embarrassing loss. But this one was like the most embarrassing that they probably have had. Like losing that game to Virginia was a really, really tough blow to their season because they had Drake May ready. They had... Walker back after they fought the NCAA tooth and nail like they were set up to, like you said, go to the ACC championship game virtually untested and have essentially a quarterfinal game. If they beat Florida State, they were going to go to the playoff. And now it's uh, I think there's like four teams that all have one loss in the ACC right now, and it could be any of them who will probably end up losing to Florida State in the ACC championship game. 
Yeah, I, I, and look at Louisville. I mean, I mean, Louisville goes to Pittsburgh, what, two Saturdays ago. They're up by 14, lose that game to a really, really bad Pittsburgh team who had the, the crazy loss to Wake Forest. I'll tell you, you know, I've been saying this for a couple years now. I'm struggling to bet college football consistently because the coaching is bad at times, like really bad. And then these are still very young people that make really, really stupid mistakes. And there's no better example than the end of the game in Winston-Salem when that quarterback from Pittsburgh slid, uh, you know, a yard or so uh, before the sticks. They punt the ball to a terrible Wake Forest team. Their quarterback has been awful. And boom, Wake Forest finds a way to win at the end. One of the worst, by the way, one of the worst bad beats I have ever seen in my life. Did you happen to cha- did you happen to see the highlights of that Pittsburgh Wake Forest game? I just saw the play where the guy slid in front of the sticks. That was the only play that I saw. Yeah, so Wake Forest not only gets the ball back, but the only way they cover the number is by scoring a touchdown. And they did. So if you had pit money line or pit plus the points. Um, you know, not even just the money line, you know, but pit plus the points, you're sitting so, so good in that spot and it doesn't come home. That guy could have honestly, here's the, here's the, the really crazy thing about that Pittsburgh ending is that that quarterback did not have to slide Kyle. I think he probably had an additional five yards to run before he was going to get pushed or hit, uh, you know, out of bounds. And he decided to slide. Like I said, maybe a half a yard to a yard and a half too early, and it cost uh, many Pittsburgh money line betters. Probably weren't a ton of those out there. That's kind of silly to bet that game on the money line. Pittsburgh's a bad team, plus 140 at Wake Forest. But I think a lot of people probably took them at plus three and a half, and uh, that that's a that's a debilitating loss. Well, I know the bad beat that a lot of people were betting on was that Minnesota-Iowa game with the fair catch that wasn't a fair catch. So maybe that one just got more attention than the awful ending of Pitt and Wake Forest. Of course it did. Of course it did, because that was a national TV game, possibly on Fox Sports, on on FSN, or FS1. I I think it was on NBC, I think. NBC, you you know, um, yeah, um, NBC, you're absolutely right. So. I, I think that will certainly garner more attention. Iowa ranked as well. Wake and Pitt are not. And, you know, as scary as it sounds, I think Iowa still somehow emerges to the Big West uh, champion uh, as our Big West champ, Big Ten West champions, and will be about a 27-point underdog uh, when they when they travel to <laughs> Indianapolis to play Michigan or Ohio State. It's going to be awful. I love that uh, the internet or like the the online people of college football are beginning a campaign now to try and push the under of Iowa and Nebraska to below 30. <laughs> like they're starting now to try and push the under into the 20s for that game because of the whole Brian Ferentz needs to score a 325 points or he loses his job and Iowa's offense just being absolutely terrible by design. Uh, the whole Iowa experience has been very funny this year. And for them to lose that way, and like you said, probably still end up making it to the Big Ten championship game because the Big Ten West is usually pretty bad, but it's especially bad this year. And Iowa already beat Wisconsin. That was the only game they had to win because that's the only team that's going to test them in the Big Ten West. Yeah, you asked me two weeks ago on your podcast, the Maryland or Wisconsin, just a horrific performance against 
Iowa to lose that. And it's, it's just one of those situations where um, the Big Ten is absolutely brutal outside of the Big Three. And I don't, I just can't watch it, Kyle. I can't put on the Big Ten Network, Fox Sports 1, where they're typically on, and get excited to watch Purdue versus Rutgers. It's just a bad brand of football. And let me say this about Rutgers. I just mentioned them. That's probably the fourth best team in the league. They're they're sort of exciting to watch, and unfortunately, they're just in the East. They have no chance to get to the Big Ten Championship. At the very least, Maryland is exciting to watch, right? Like, yes, we know they how- are. They are. We know how Maryland goes every year. Like there's a joke about September. Maryland is always four and oh, and then they end up seven and five because once they play a Big Ten schedule, they start to lose. But at the very least, Maryland's fun this year. They're going to probably win eight games and score a lot of points doing it. But you're right that even the third best team in the conference, which is Penn State, I just am not going to watch because I gave them three hours. I usually don't sit down for three hours and watch a college football game. I gave them three hours. And they didn't do they, it. was just so disappointing on Saturday that I feel like I'm not going to give them another chance. So you're right. The Big Ten is not very good this year. And now also their uh, their best team is now laced in scandal at Michigan because of the the assistant coach who was traveling around to all these games and filming the signals. And now Michigan even is the pariah of the conference, despite the fact that they're the best team out there with maybe the number one defense in the country. Yeah. I mean, this is an interesting scandal. I, I, my prediction is nothing is going to happen to Michigan here in, in the month of November. And I think they're, they're on a, on a collision course to, to get to the playoffs. And I think Ohio state is as well. I feel like you can, you can almost punch the tickets in to both of those teams, unless it's a blowout in the, uh, you know, the blowout in the Ohio state Michigan game, maybe one of those teams don't make it, but yeah, I, I really like, I, I, I like both of these teams. I think Ohio state, um, you know, not an explosive offense, even though they have the best receiver in the country. The defense is holding up, played pretty well against Notre Dame, played extremely well against Penn State. Um, these two teams are as bad as the Big Ten are. I think they both may make the playoffs, Kyle, if they're undefeated going into that big game Thanksgiving weekend. Well, yeah, because I don't know who the alternative is. Like, I assume Florida State, an un- a, 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 even a one-loss ACC champion Florida State, I would assume, gets in, but... I mean, is it going to be Oklahoma that pushes them out? Is it going to be, you know, a one-loss Texas that pushes them out? Is it going to be uh, Oregon or Washington? Like, I just don't know the team that's yeah. going to push Ohio State or Michigan out of the playoff. Yeah, I think Washington, you know, really has to figure out, you know, how you know consistency on offense because if they can get that done, then they'll probably run the table in the Pac-12. But there's no guarantees. I don't trust any teams anymore, you know, in college football. I feel I feel good about Georgia. They've given me enough data to prove that they just keep winning. I feel good about Michigan, Ohio State, somewhat good about, but um, we'll see. I mean, it's, it'll be exciting to see how it all unfolds in November and. Uh, which teams emerge from the Big 12 and Pac-12. But I really would like to see Oklahoma-Texas play at Jerry's World because that, to me, was maybe the best game of the year. A lot of a lot of nonsense happened at the end as a Texas better, but I think it would be a, an exciting game. I'm looking up Washington's schedule right now, and it's it's interesting. They got, obviously, Stanford this week. They'll win that one running away. Then they play at USC, home against Utah, at Oregon State and then Apple Cup at home to end the season. That's an interesting group of teams to to end the season with. Like if they emerge 12 and 0, 
I will have newfound respect for Washington than I already had. Cause I've been, I had said since the start of the year, Washington is the best team in the PAC 12, the best chance for a PAC 12 team to make the playoff will be Washington. And Washington has proven me right time and time again. However, I would be stunned if they emerge 12 and 0 at the end of that stretch where they're at USC home against Utah and then at Oregon state in three straight weeks. Yeah, remember they're still kids, right? And that's that's a gauntlet. And I don't see how you can feel great about a five and zero stretch here. But um, if they don't go five and zero, I think they get left out of the playoffs, and we we end up seeing Ohio State or Michigan sneak in there as the four seed again. Yeah, and then probably Florida State, I would imagine, as the yeah. last team, or maybe an undefeated Oklahoma. Like maybe yep. that's the maybe both of them. If Florida State and Oklahoma don't poop the bed the rest of the season, then both sure. of them undefeated probably pushes out a one loss Ohio State. I would agree with that. I, I just I have a feeling that that will not transpire. I feel like Florida State and Oklahoma, one of those teams, are going to lose a game which will cripple them. Uh, I think UNC can can beat FSU on a neutral uh, in Charlotte. And obviously, that would be about a seventy percent probably home base for UNC. So I I don't have a ton of faith in FSU to get, get the job done. They've had some really good games. They've had some stinkers. Um, I, I think that my odds are probably FSU more so than Oklahoma going undefeated based on the schedules, but just have a sneaky feeling Ohio state, Michigan are, are going to be in a good position to get to the playoffs. I'm looking at this week's schedule. There's only one matchup of ranked opponents this week, which is Oregon at Utah, which is a really good game. That is it's a good game. Both, yeah. I don't think, Either of those teams have much a chance at the playoff, but both of them could definitely win the pack. This would be this would be an elimination game from the Pac-12 title. I feel pretty certain about that. The loser of this game probably will not be playing in the Pac-12 championship. And Utah is very physical. Um, they don't they do not have the personnel speed wise to match with Oregon. It's pretty evident watching the Oregon Washington game that Oregon is really fast. Just blew that game. But Utah wins. I think Utah, probably a dog at home. Haven't looked at that line. I'll throw out a number of six, six and a half. I would presume. Uh, I would probably lean Utah there on the on the on the plus side of the points. If you really want to sprinkle in Oregon money line, that's a big price to pay on the road. But sure, you know, I I, I think I think Utah's physicality will, will should keep this close. Hit it right on the head. Six and a half points. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It's a tough game. Um, you know, I I lean Utah there, and I would say from my standpoint, it's probably a no play, but I would uh, go ahead and recommend uh, the points there at Utah. Some interesting lines for people who like college football this week. Georgia's only 14 and a half at Florida. Uh, Ohio State's only 14 and a half at Wisconsin. Air Force is a 13 and a half at Colorado State. There's, a, there's some fun picks if you want to get spicy with uh, with teams that are at the top who are going to win but maybe maybe you get a chance to bet on Georgia for the first time this year on the money line because Georgia anytime Georgia's getting less than two touchdowns it's always gonna pique your interest a little bit well that money line is gonna be really high I mean that's two touchdowns that game is in Jacksonville the cocktail party the neutral game uh over at the Gator Bowl I yeah I mean what is really bad I mean I, I think they're really bad <laughs> that's just me. Um, but I I think that that's a lot of points in a rivalry game. I think it's a stay away for me. If I had to play it, I, like I said, I, I think Florida's bad, but 
I, I, I just I don't like these robbery games with two touchdowns. Maybe maybe Florida small, but definitely it's a stay away for me. I, I if I've seen Florida George, I've seen some really weird weird uh, things transpire in that cocktail party. So yeah, fun game. I I, I uh, I'm staying away. All right, uh, let's go to the NFL real quick. What's your survivor looking like for this week? Yeah, we we're still in involved, Kyle. We're still involved with Survivor. Um, and, uh, we look pretty good. I, I still have Detroit available, so I like them. I have, uh, I can charge if you want me to charge, I can charge. Um, if you trust those guys, um, I can go, I, th- those are probably the only two. As I look at who I have left in, in most of my leagues, I'm going to have to charge or I'm going to have to go back to the motor city, which I feel pretty good about Detroit. I mean, I know that was just that that's a game where, you know, Detroit's coming off a lot of wins in a row. A lot of emotion. You're going into a hornet's nest against probably a top four team in the NFL. Pretty tough spot for the Lions there. Um, I, I think they're going to be okay against Vegas. I'll I'll, I'll feel good about taking Detroit uh, at Survivor. I, I wouldn't sprinkle Detroit in for all my Survivor plays. I think that's a little risky. Um, you never know with this team. Um, I feel like LA. This is it, right? I mean, you you cannot win. Uh, you cannot lose this game and survive and, and, and try to get the six or seven seed. You lose this game, uh, I feel good to say the season's over for the Chargers, and um, I feel like they come away uh, with the win and and navigate their, themselves maybe to a nine and eight season if they're lucky and maybe a seven seed. But um, I would say them. If you have Dallas, you should feel pretty good about that. Dallas plays well as a favorite. They really struggle as an underdog. The only time they've played bad as a favorite this year is in Arizona. Other than that, they've taken care of business at home, beating the Patriots, beating the Jets as a fave. Um, I would say if you have Dallas, you, you should feel good about that. I assume most people have already burned the Dolphins at this point, but the Dolphins are I would the biggest think so. favorite of the yeah. week. Yeah, I would think so. I would, I would think so. Yeah, I would think that most people have the, have already used the Dolphins. Chargers probably are going to get this one, right? Like it's the Bears, it's Tyson Bajan, but I know he beat the I know he beat the Raiders last week, but the Chargers got to have this one. Like I know it's I know it's been a tough year for the Chargers and they've lost a couple weird games and people were deducing that like if they converted like five more third downs, they might be four and two at this point or stopped a third down conversion here and there, but they they got to have this one. I they I know they're not that good. And I love bagging on the chargers cause they left San Diego, but they, they gotta have this one against the bears. Right. I think so. I really do. I, I, I really do. I, I think that the bears are a terrible team. I think what you saw was a poorly coached and just a bad team come into Chicago last week with the Raiders and they took advantage of that opportunity. And this chargers team on offense is much better. Although Herbert's had a very, very average to poor season for him, for his standards. That game against Kansas City you had to be a little disappointing as a Chargers backer. But I, I think that you got to feel good about LA and Survivor and not, and you take them, you get rid of them, and you say goodbye to them. I have been trying to answer this question for weeks now, and I'm just going to throw it at you and see if you have any answer. Um, how are the Steelers four and two? Well, Bad coaching against Pittsburgh uh, again with Baltimore. That that was a horrific loss, a horrific beat. If you have Baltimore, I mean, what? I mean, I just don't understand what they were doing on third and goal from the two, <laughs> not running the ball. Let's we'll start with that. They should not have won that game. 
Um, yeah, Pittsburgh's defense is okay. Um, you know, their offense stinks. They have, uh, I guess you could say, been uh, lucky at times with uh, some of these wins, the wins against, I think, uh, with Cleveland. Uh, they've escaped. They've escaped a lot of situations, but credit to Mike Tomlin, who is, you know, I would say almost, you know, the dean of call of, uh, of the NFL outside of Belichick. This guy, this guy finds ways to win. He, he will somehow be above 500 as he is, I think, each season. Uh, offensive line is 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 not bad. They just Najee Harris just runs the ball in slow motion, you know, and uh, if they actually had if they gave Warren the ball more often, I think they'd be better off. George Pickens is a really good receiver. Don, Deontay Johnson is, you know, he I think his 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 best years are behind him. Uh, Fire moves hurt. I don't have a good explanation, Kyle. I think a lot of it is luck. And, you know, we'll see what happens when they play really good teams. They already have played Baltimore and, you know, they got lucky there. But I, I don't like the Steelers um, like you probably don't like the Steelers. Um, they, 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 to me, just they just don't show me any signs of life. The Jags really should come into this stadium and win this game by a lot. I mean, Jacksonville's offense is super explosive. And I just don't see how Pittsburgh matches points with them. Um, so I think if you... If you are in the camp of of uh, worried about Pittsburgh finding a way to win, you may not want to play this game. But I look at these two teams and I see I see a big variance between the Jags and I, I really like Jacksonville at minus one forty or one forty five, whatever it is, on the road against Pittsburgh. That this may be one of my top plays. And it's not really that I don't you know believe in the Steelers or like the Steelers. Like I. Put I told the people in one of our promos at the start of the year, Steelers over nine and a half wins is a great pick. Like they they can win 10, 11 games this year. I just had no thought that they could possibly do that while having the 26th ranked offense in the NFL. Like if you told me that they were going to be just as bad this year on offense as last year, I had no belief that they would win 10 or 11 games, but they are that bad on offense and they are still on pace to win 10 or 11 games. And I just don't understand how they've done it. Cause since they got the break speed off them by San Francisco, they're four and one, despite the fact that they were underdogs in basically all four of those wins and were showing to be an underdog in all four of those wins. Even the Rams game last week, they got bailed out by the ball spot at the end of the game and they never, the Rams didn't get a chance to go win it. So I, the Steelers are very confusing to me. I just wanted to throw that out at you because I've been joking for two weeks about how the 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 wizardry of Mike Tomlin is carrying this team, despite the fact that they I can't explain how they've won a single game this year. <laughs> yeah, they are a weird team. I, I just think when they play elite teams, um, I, I feel good about betting against them. I really do. And you know, Jacksonville does have uh, some holes. I think on the defense, they've given up some big plays, as we saw they did against Houston. They kind of almost gave up some big plays against the the Saints and the Colts as well. But um, overall, I just feel like the the uh, the Jacksonville outfit is vastly better than Pittsburgh. And I think that Pittsburgh money will come in because I think betting public is going to say to themselves, well, they just keep winning. They find ways to win. And here they have a home game this time. Eh, give me uh, give me Jacksonville at the, on the money line. And you would be correct right now, because as of Thursday morning, 60% of the bets are coming in on Pittsburgh plus 120 at this point. So the betting public is bringing money towards Pittsburgh. 
Yeah, and I just don't know if that's enough value for me to take Pittsburgh. I, I think if you gave me a dollar thirty-five on the money line on the plus side, sure, that, that's that's a good penny to to achieve there. But a dollar twenty, I don't know. I I I'd rather spend a dollar forty on the minus side uh, on the Jags. So I'm going that direction, likely on Sunday. All right. Well, that's Razor Rosenthal. Check out his Twitter for all of his wonderful gambling insights and expertises. Uh, we will chat with you again in a couple weeks and uh, see how everything is going for you in the survivors and the college football world. And by then, we'll probably have a World Series champion, too. So look forward to catching up with you in a couple weeks. Always a pleasure, Kyle. It's been a really fun fall with college football, the NFL, and I think more importantly, Major League Baseball playoffs. Can't say enough about how fun uh, these last two series have been. Two game sevens. Can't ask for much more. Uh, good luck to everyone betting on the series. Uh, again, I'm probably out of the market on Texas, but uh, as far as the series bet goes, but leaning uh, towards Texas money line on Friday night and Zona plus one and a half runs on a smaller unit bet. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.